Father God, we thank you for today's reading, August the 3rd. You have made us in your image, Lord, to do your will, Lord. Cause us to walk in your will, by your word and your words, Lord. We thank you for teaching us your word. You have made us and you teach us how to live, Lord. Show us how to use the grace of God in our daily lives, Lord. Come, Lord, we seek your face. Do not deny us our prayer, Lord God. We ask you for your presence, Lord God. Father, we're honoring your word. We pray that your word honors us back, Lord. And it has, Lord. We thank you for today's scripture. That each year Solomon received about 25 tons of gold, Second Chronicles 9.13. And Lord, I claim that scripture that each year Fernando received about 25 tons of gold. Father, for your glory and your honor, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, today's reading, August the 3rd, the Second Chronicles 33:14. After this, Manasseh rebuilt the outer wall of the city of David from west of the Gibeon Spring to the Kindred Valley to the Fish Gate and continue around the hill of Ophel. He built the wall very high. And he stationed his military officers in all of the fortified towns of Judah. Manasseh also removed the foreign gods and the idols from the Lord's temple. He tore down all the altars he had built on the hillside where the temple stood. And all the altars that were in Jerusalem. And he dumped them outside the city. Then he, then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings and thank offerings on it. He also encouraged the people of Judah to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed at the pagan shrines, though only to the Lord their God. The rest of the events of Manasseh Rain, his prayer to God, and the words that the seer spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. Manasseh's prayer, the account of the way God answered him, and an account of all his sins and unfaithfulness are recorded in the record of the seers. <clears throat> it includes a list of the locations where he built pagan shrines and set up Asherah poles and idols before he humbled himself and repented. When Manash died, he was buried in his palace. Then his son, Ammon, became the next king. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. Two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father, Manasseh, had done. He worshipped and sacrificed to all the idols his father had made. But unlike his father, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Instead, Ammon sinned even more. Then Ammon's own officials conspired against him and assassinated him in his palace. But the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against the king Ammon, and they made his son Josiah the next king. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. 
He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestors, David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. Amen. During the eighth reign year of his reign, while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor David. Then in the twelfth year, he began to purify Judah and Jerusalem, destroying all the pagan shrines, the Asherah poles, and the carved idols and cast images. He ordered the altars of Baal be demolished and that the incense altars which stood above them be broken down. He also made sure that the Asherah poles, the carved idols, and the cast images were smashed and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the pagan priests on their own altars, and so he purified Judah and Jerusalem. He did the same thing in the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, even as far as Naphtali and in the regions all around them. He destroyed the pagan altars and the Asherah poles, and he crushed the idols into dust. He cut down all the ancient altars throughout the land of Israel. Finally, he returned to Jerusalem. In the 18th year of his reign, after he had purified the land and the temple, Josiah appointed Shaphan, son of Asaliah, Masaiah, the governor of Jerusalem, and Joah, the son of Johas, the royal historian, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. They gave Hilkiah, the high priest, the money that had been collected by the Levites who served as gatekeepers at the temple of God. The gifts were brought by the people from Manasseh, Ephraim, and from all the remnant of Israel, as well as from all Judah, Benjamin, and the people of Jerusalem. He entrusted the money to the men assigned to supervise the restoration of the Lord's temple. Then they paid the workers who did the repairs and renovation of the temple. They hired carpenters and builders who purchased finished stone for the walls and timber for the rafters and beams. They restored what earlier kings of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. The workers served faithfully under the leadership of Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites of the Merari clan and Zechariah and Meshulam, Levites of the Kohathites clan. Other Levites, of all whom were skilled musicians, were put in charge of the laborers of the various trades. Still others assisted as secretaries, officials, and gatekeepers. While they were bringing out the money collected at the Lord's temple, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that was written by Moses. Hilkiah said to Shabhan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shabhan. Shabhan took the scroll to the king and reported it. Your officials are doing everything they were assigned to do. The money that was collected at the temple of the Lord has been returned, turned over to the supervisors and workmen. Shabhan also told the king, Hilkiah, the priest, has given me a scroll, so Shaphan read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave orders to Hilkiah, 
Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Asaiah, the king's personal advisor. Go, go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for all the remnant of Israel and Judah. Inquire, inquire about the words written in the scroll that have been found. For the Lord's great anger has been poured out on us because our ancestors have not obeyed the word of the Lord. We have not been doing everything this scroll says we must do. So Hilkiah and the other man went to the new quarter of Jerusalem to consult with the prophet Hunda. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikba, son of Harhas, the keeper of the temple wardrobe. She said to them, The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on the city and its people. All the curses written in the scroll that was read to the king of Judah will come true. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods. And I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will be poured out on this place and it will not be quenched. But... But go to the king of Judah who sent you to seek the Lord and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the message you have just heard. You were sorry and humble yourself before God when you heard these words against the city and its people. You humble yourself and tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you have died and been buried in peace. You yourself will not see the disaster I am going to bring on this city and its people. So they took her message back to the king. Then the king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the Levites. All the people from the greatest to the least. There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority besides the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all his commands, laws, and decrees with all his heart and soul. He promised to obey all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll. And he required everyone in Jerusalem and the people of Benjamin to make a similar pledge. The people of Jerusalem did so, renewing their covenant with God, the God of their ancestors. So Josiah removed all the detestable idols from the entire land of Israel and required everyone to worship the Lord their God. And throughout the rest of his lifetime, he did not turn away from the Lord the God of his answers. Woo-wee! What a great man. Oh. Amen. Okay, uh, I'm going to read the Second Chronicles to study. Mm-hmm. It says, The book of the law of the Lord that Hilkiah found was probably this, the book of Deuteronomy that had been lost during the reign of evil kings. Without it, the people had been worshiping God, but not in the right way. Second Chronicles 33:17. God had told them to make their sacrifice only in a certain in certain places, Deuteronomy 12, 13, 14. 
The people continued to use pagan shrines for worship God, not realizing that God opposed these methods of worship. They were mixing pagan practices in their worship God. Now that God's law was found, Josiah realized that drastic changes had to be made in order to bring the nation back in line with God's commands. There is not much difference between the book lost in the temple and the Bible left on a bookshelf. We can make similar mistakes when we don't have input from God. We can end up in the blending false beliefs. We can end up bent, uh, blending false belief in with right worship. We must take care that ungodly influence do not distort God's voice or destroy our worship. We can do this by listening to God in His Word and to the church that is instructed by it. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, it's interesting that he he said that the person he heard, he, he said, you were sorry and humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against the city and his people. You Beautiful. Humbled, you humbled yourself and tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance, and I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you died and been buried in peace. You will not see the disaster I'm going to bring on the city and its people. Wow. You know, that's beautiful. I'm glad you zeroed in on that because God does hear our prayers. Yeah, God yeah. does make change happen. Mm. God does yeah. God's honor our repentive heart. You know, even though we're forgiven, even though, you know, my heart still breaks, you know, I'm not, not raising the kids, not being there for, for my kid, you know, and I still feel, and then he's just telling me. Because you humble yourself, right. you tore your heart, right. you sought me, yes. you know, I will give you peace and a long Amen. life. You That's know, right. He's, he's just talking God. to me, you know. That, that, that. And the other thing that comes to mind, thank you, Heavenly Father, for being so kind to us and so good with your word. Merciful. And we push to read for today's reading. And Lord, we just pray for the other Christians that are reading the same word of God. I pray, Lord God, that you would... Bless them with a heart of love, Lord, that you have the body of Christ. We thank you for the, for their lives all over the world, Lord. And the ones that are, can't read your word, that are in hospitals, persecution, Lord, are being uh, taking their lives for your word, Lord. We pray for them. Uh, amen. I got one more yeah. thing. You go ahead. Yeah, just also right after that, it says, So they took her message back to the king. What does that mean? Well, she was a prophetess. Um, it was a lady. Okay. It's amazing how they know exactly. Hilkiah? No. She was a lady, and she was... Uh, Which lady? I don't know. What's her name? Well, it's there. You would have been... She was... Uh, the gate, they were the gatekeepers. I mean, they, they were a humble position who she was married to. I mean, he took care of the robes or something. But it's amazing how they know she hears from God. That's the amazing thing, you know. How do they establish a pro prophetess? You know, and they have to um, consult with the prophet Hulda. That's like Hilda. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikva. That's at 3022. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikva, son of Harhas, 
the keeper of the temple wardrobe. See how humble they were? 22, 20, 30. Oh, yeah. She said to them. Oh, okay. Got it. That's where I missed it. Awesome. Thank you. Tommy, you had something. Oh, um, well, you know, in, uh, what is it, a hindsight, they say? Your yeah. foresight? Or uh -huh. you're looking into the future? Mm -hmm. If God was going to bring the destruction on the people that were set right by this king, right? All his life he did good in the sight of the Lord, and he ordered the people to worship their God. That was an order. It's like the government ordered us to pay 10% to our church. I mean, it was a law, okay? Only God. Now get this. All of a sudden, everybody's going the right way, Everybody's going the right direction. Everybody's coming to Jerusalem, designated place to worship. Everybody's doing it properly. The king dies. What happens now? The word of God says he's going to bring destruction. But the people are perfect now. Oh, because they, because it says over here, uh, and throughout the rest of his lifetime, they did not turn away from the Lord, the God of their ancestors. So as soon as this guy was gone, a new came came into line, and he was probably the one that caused the leadership. We will read that tomorrow, and we'll see what happens, okay? Okay, so, uh, okay go ahead. Yeah, and it's interesting that, you know, it, when Amon, uh, who was 20 years old when he became king, um, he said it, he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father Manasseh had done. And, but this is, but unlike his father, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Instead, Haman sinned even more. So, um, and it's amazing how his life was cut short. Well, could you imagine his own officials killing him? Mm -hmm. He probably was, uh, you know, he was probably raised without any discipline as a child. Mm -hmm. And he got up. He probably had no respect for the elders, bringing all kinds of drunken parties or whatever. Mm -hmm. It was just detestable to even his officials. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Yeah, so um, it just goes to show you, just like he sinned even more, not like normal, more than normal, right? So <clears throat> there are, con like Pastor Prince always teaches, there are consequences to sin, you know, to, to your actions. Mm -hmm. uh, even cutting your life short for what you're doing. Right? Amen. So anyways, I just want to point that out. Okay, would you read the next? Okay, I'll read Romans chapter 16, verse 10 to 27, please. Would you want to read the teaching first? Um, no, I'm going to read and see what we glean from it, and if we need to, we'll go there, okay? Okay. Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and gave my Paul's greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus, greet Herodine, Dion, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tripinia and Triposa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asinstris, Asinstris, 
Theo Egon, Hermes, Pat, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philo, Philogus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and to Olympus, and all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other in Christian love. All the churches of Christ send their greetings. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want, I want you to be in wi wise in doing right and stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings. As do Lucius, Jason, and Sosi Potter, Potter, my fellow Jews. I, Tereus, the one writing this letter for Paul, send my greetings to as one of the Lord's followers. Gaius says hello to you. He's my host and also serves as host to the whole church. Erastus, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings, and so does our brother Cordus. Now all glory to God who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says, this message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plans for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now, as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere, so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Still want me to read the commentary? Please. Today's study is Romans 16 to 17, 16, verse 17. Paul carried deeply for the believers in Rome. He speaks of Phoebe, our sister, and of Rufus, mother, who has been a mother to me, Romans 16, 1 and 13. Others he refers to as dear friends, Romans 16, 5, 8 to 9. Paul's words exhibited the same sort of Christian love he encouraged the believers to have, Romans 16, 16. But Paul also warns them to watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith and to stay away from them. The believers in Rome were facing the same tensions that we deal with today. We, we must consistently build up the Christian community with love while also protecting the Christian community's pure faith. We are constantly struggling to maintain both unity and truth. Often these two things seem to work against each other with some people advocating for one side or the other. This is a worthwhile struggle we should consistently look to balance these two things because both are important. If you tend to stand for truth more than unity, look for ways to build up unity. Or if you're in a community that's driven more by unity than truth, how can you help to promote truth importance for everyone's benefit? Wow, what a beautiful reading. You know, it's amazing. Most people 
a lot of people, they run in unity. Even frenzies of evil, you know, will run in unity. But to run in unity and truth, you know, requires uh, that someone punctured the heavens, the portal of the heaven where truth is, is pouring in. You know, you have to develop integrity, honesty to, to access truth, which is truth of God, wisdom of God. Fear of God is the truth. And then with unity, but we have the same problem in our classes and our unitors. We have individuals uh, screaming at others and breaking up the unity yeah. in, in a form that this this truth, you know. Mm -hmm. but, you know, does it really matter? Uh, you know, we know we one of our principles is not perfection, but progress, right. and we're not saints. So it keeps a beautiful balance. Uh, go ahead. The main thing I got from this is, and now I make one more appeal. It's number 17. My dear brothers and sisters, watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith, okay? By teaching things contrary to what you've been taught. Stay away from them. And they're not, such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They're, they're serving their own personal interests. And by smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. That's that's very important. You know, we got to be sticking to the word. You know, where does that say that in the word? Even you know, even their best pastors like Prince and so I, have to I love First uh, John one through five. It just goes over and over the basics. You know, mm -hmm. you know, it's just love and watch out. We don't preach Christ. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, would you please pray the Psalms? Yeah. Uh, Psalm 26, 1 to 12. Declare me, oh, open your heart to God's scrutiny. Stand on His grace. Declare me innocent, O oh Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives in my heart. For I'm always aware of your unfailing love. And I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. 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 I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to you, to your altar, O Lord singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I live with integrity, so redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground. And I will publicly praise the Lord. Amen. Proverbs 20, 19. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Amen. Amen. Um, thank you, Heavenly Father. Now the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Mm -hmm. Under your feet, he will do it through you. 
And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Good reading. Praise the Lord. August the 2nd, 2 Chronicles 28.1 to 33.13. Heavenly Father, please give me ears to hear and eyes to see with your word, with the Holy Spirit speaking to the church of God. We say yes and amen. Yes and amen to your blessings and yes and amen to your promises, Lord. We say yes, so be it. Amen. After Hezekiah had faithfully carried out his work, King Sennacherib of Assyria invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified towns, giving orders for his army to break through their walls. When Hezekiah realized that Sennacherib also intended to attack Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military advisors and they decided to stop the flow of the springs outside the city. They organized a huge work crew to stop the flow of the springs cutting off the brook that ran through the fields, for they said, Why should the kings of Assyria come here and find plenty of water? Then Hezekiah worked hard at repairing all the broken sections of the wall, erecting towers, and constructing a second wall outside the first. He also reinforced the supporting terraces in the city of David, and manufactured large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate. Then Hezekiah encouraged them by saying, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria or his mighty army, for there is a power far greater on our side. He may have a great army, but they are merely men, we have the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles for us. Hezekiah's words greatly encouraged the people. When King Sennacherib of Assyria was still besieging the towns of Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah and all the people in the city. This is what King Sennacherib Cherub of Assyria says, Why are you trusting it? And that makes you think you can survive my siege of, of Jerusalem. Hezekiah has said, The Lord our God will rescue us from the king of Assyria. Surely Hezekiah's meat is leading you, sentence you to death by famine and thirst. Don't you realize that Hezekiah is the very person who destroyed all the Lord's shrines and altars? He commanded Judah and Jerusalem to worship only at the altar of the temple and to offer sacrifices in it alone. Surely you must realize that what I and the other kings of Assyria before me have done to all the people of the earth. Were any of the gods of the nations able to rescue their people from my power? Which of their gods was able to rescue its people from the destruction power of my predecessors? What makes you think God can rescue you from me? Don't let Hezekiah deceive you. Don't let him fool you like this. I say it again, no God or any other nation of kingdom has ever been able to rescue his people from me or my ancestors. How much less will your God rescue you from my power? 
And Sinacherib, officer, further mocked the Lord God and his servant Hezekiah, heaping insults upon him. The king also sent letters scorning the Lord, the God of Israel. He wrote, Just as the gods of all the other nations failed to rescue their people from my power, so the God of Hezekiah will also fail. The Assyrian official who brought the letters shouted this in Hebrew to the people gathered on the walls of the city, trying to terrify them so it would be easier to capture the city. These officers talked about the God of Jerusalem as though he were one of the pagan gods made by human hands. Then King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, cried out in prayer to God in heaven. And the Lord sent an angel who destroyed the Syrian army with all his commanders and officers. So Sinacherib was forced to return home in disgrace to his own land. And when he entered the temple of his God, some of his own sons killed him there with a sword. That is how the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from the king Sinacherib of Assyria and from all the others who threatened them. So there was peace throughout the land. From then on, King Hezekiah became highly respected among all the surrounding nations. And many gifts for the Lord arrived at Jerusalem with valuable presents for King Hezekiah too. About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill. He prayed to the Lord who healed him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah did not respond appropriately to the kindness shown him. And he became proud. So the Lord anger became, came against him. And again Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself. And repented of his pride. As did the people of Jerusalem. So the Lord's anger did not fall on them. During the Hezekiah's lifetime. Hezekiah was very wealthy. And highly honored. He built treasuries. Buildings for his silver. Gold. Precious stones. And spices and for his shields and other valuable items. He also constructed many storehouses for his grain, new wine, and olive oil. He made many stalls for his cattle and pens for his flocks and sheep and goats. He built many towns and acquired vast flocks and herds, for God had given him great wealth. He blocked up the upper spring of Gihon and brought the water down through a tunnel to the west side of the city of David, and so he succeeded in everything he did. However, when ambassadors arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. The rest of the events of Hezekiah's reign and his acts of devotion are recorded in the visions of the prophets of Isaiah, son of Amos, which it is included in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. When Hezekiah died, he was buried in the upper area of the royal cemetery, and all Judah and Jerusalem honored him at his death, and his son Manasseh became the next king. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sides, following the detestable practice of the pagan nations that the Lord had driven from the land ahead of the Israelites. He rebuilt the pagan shrines his father Hezekiah had broken down. He constructed altars 
for the image of the bell and set up Asherah poles. He also bowed down before all the powers of heaven and worshipped them. He built pagan altars in the temple of the Lord, the place where the Lord has said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. He built these altars for all the power of the heavens in both courtyards and the Lord's temple. Manasseh also sacrificed his own son on the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnon. He practiced sorcery, divination, and witchcraft, and he consulted with mediums and psychics. He did much what was evil in the Lord's sight, arousing his anger. Manasseh even took a carved idol he had made and set it up in God's temple, the very place where God had told David and his son Solomon, My name will be honored forever in this temple and in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen from among all the tribes of Israel. If the Israelites, Israelites will be careful to obey my commandments, all the laws and decrees and regulations given through Moses, I will not send them to exile from this land that I set aside before your ancestors. But Manasseh led the people of Judah and Jerusalem to do even more evil than the pagan nations that the Lord had destroyed when the people of Israel entered the land. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they ignored all his warnings. So the Lord sent the commanders of Assyria army, and they took Manasseh prisoners. They put a ring through his nose, bound him in bronze chains, and led him away to Babylon. But while in deep distress, Manasseh sought the Lord, his God, and sincerely humbled himself before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed, the Lord listened to him and was moved by his request. So the Lord brought Manasseh back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh finally realized that the Lord alone is God. Today's study, Second Chronicles 33, 12-13. After Hezekiah, Manasseh's story reads like a train wreck. Detestable practices, pagan shrines, images of Baal, Asherah poles, pagan altars inside God's temple, sorcery, divination, witchcraft, mediums, psychics, idols in the temple of the Lord. And in all of this, Manasseh also led the people of Judah into these sins too. Is there any hope? There doesn't to be a Syrian army arrives on Judah's doorstep, a ring through Manasseh's nose, bronze chains, captivity in a foreign city. By then, Manasseh finds himself in deep distress. God's judgment falls hard on Manasseh. He seems to get exactly what he deserves for his ongoing wickedness. But then, unexpectedly, Manasseh turns and finds mercy. He humbles himself, and God is moved by Manasseh's request. Notice how God is both kind and severe. Romans 11:22. God punished Manasseh severely for his blatant sin, but God restored Manasseh without hesitation. When God disciplines his people, it is not to ruin them, but to refine them. He doesn't wish to destroy them, but to destroy their sins. He does it for good. But more than that, he does it so that we will recognize that the Lord alone is God. Amen. What an incredible story. Okay, now I'm going to read Romans chapter 15, verse 23 to chapter 16, verse 9. But now I, Paul, have finished my work in these regions, and after all of these long years of waiting... I am eager to visit you. I am planning to go to 
Spain, and when I do, I will stop off in Rome. And after I have enjoyed your fellowship for a while, you can provide for my journey. But before I come, I must go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there, for you see the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among those the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them, since the Gentiles receive the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I have delivered this money and completed this, this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. I am sure that when I come, Christ will richly bless our time together. Dear brothers and sisters, I urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to join me in my struggles by preparing, praying for God to me, for me. Do this because of your love for me, given to you by the Holy Spirit. Pray that I will be rescued from those in Judea who refuse to obey God. Pray also that the believers there will be willing to accept the donations. I am taking to Jerusalem. Then by the will of God, I will be able to come to you with a joyful heart, and we will be an encouragement to each other. And now may the God who gives us his peace be with you all. Amen. I command to you our sister Phoebe, Phoebe who is a deacon in the church in Sincrea. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many and especially to me. Give my greetings to Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in the ministry of Christ Jesus. In fact, they once risked their lives for me. I am thankful to them, and so are all the Gentile churches. Also give my greeting to the church that meets in their home. Greet my dear friend Epinetus. He was the first person from the providence of Asia to become a follower of Christ. Give my greetings to Mary, who had worked so hard for your benefit. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who were in prison with me. They are highly respected among the apostles and became followers of Christ before I did. Great Ampletus, greet Ampletus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend, friend Stachis. Romans 16, 3-5, today's study. Priscilla and Aquila were a married couple who became Paul's close friends. They, along with all the other Jews, had been expelled from Rome by the emperor and had moved to Corinth, Acts 18, 1-3. There they met Paul and invited him to live with them. They were Christians before they met Paul and probably told him much about the Roman church. Like Paul, Priscilla and Aquila were missionaries. They helped believers in Ephesus, Acts 18, 18-28, in Rome when they were allowed to return, and again in Ephesus, 2 Timothy 4:19. Priscilla and Aquila ministered effectively behind the scenes. They took Their tools were hospitality, friendship, and teaching. They were not public speakers but private evangelists. For some of the believers in the Rome, their home was used for a church meeting. Priscilla and Aquila show us what a couple can do together to serve Christ. Do we regard our families and homes as a place where God's missions can begin and grow? 
How could God use our home and family as part of his work? Pray in the Psalms. Put your hope in God and take refuge in him. Psalm 25, 16-22. Turn to me and have mercy, for I am alone and in deep distress. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, save me from them all. Feel my pain and see my trouble. Forgive all my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hated me. Protect me, rescue my life from them. Do not let me be disgraced, for in you I take refuge. May integrity and honesty protect me, for I put my hope in you. O God, ransom Israel from all its troubles. Proverbs 20, 16-18 Get security from someone who guarantees a stranger's debt. Get a deposit if he does it for foreigners. Stolen bread tastes sweet, but it turns to gravel in the mouth. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. I give you glory and honor and thanksgiving this day, Lord God. In the heavens, thank you for blessing us in our reading. Anna, would you please pray? Yes, Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that we're going to go out and joy today, Lord. That we're going to go out in your peace, Lord, because you're yeah. the one that provides seed for the sower and bread for the eater, Lord, that we may eat of the finest, Lord. We may eat of, of the word of God, which is Jesus, Lord. And we thank you for highlighting him in the scriptures. And we thank you for all of our surroundings, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to be up so early in the morning just to hear about and read about your word, Lord. Open up our ears so we may hear. And most importantly, let our spirit receive all that the Holy Spirit wants us to know, Lord. And we thank you, Father. We bless you. Um, we just love you, Lord. We're grateful. We're grateful children down here, Lord. We're thankful that we're forgiven, we're redeemed, and we're royalty, Lord. So teach us, Holy Spirit. Be with us and teach us. Be in our midst and help us to learn the ways of God and give us that heavenly perspective that we need here on this earth, Lord. On earth as it is in heaven, Father. Worshiping you, loving you, and learning more about you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 30, verses 30 to 31, 21. King Hezekiah now sent word to all of Israel and Judah, and he wrote letters of invitation to the people of Ephraim and Manasseh. He asked everyone to come to the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover of the Lord, the God of Israel. The king, his officials, and all the community of Jerusalem decided to celebrate Passover a month later than usual. They were unable to celebrate it at the prescribed time because not enough priests could be purified by then, and the people had not yet assembled at Jerusalem. This plan for keeping the Passover seemed right to the king and all the people, so they sent a proclamation through all of Israel from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north, inviting everyone to come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover of the Lord. The God of Israel, the people had not been celebrating it in great numbers as required in the law. And the king's command, at the king's command, runners were sent throughout Israel and Judah. They carried letters that said, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, so that he will return to the few of us who have survived the conquest of the Assyrian kings. 
Do not be like your ancestors and relatives who abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and became an object of derision, as you, you yourself conceived. Do not be stubborn as they were, but submit yourself to the Lord. Come to his temple, which he has set apart as holy forever. Worship the Lord your God, so that his fierce anger would turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your, your relatives and your children will be treated mercifully by the captors, and they will be able to return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful. If you return to him, he will continue to turn his face from you. He will not continue to turn his face from you. The runners went from the town to town throughout Ephraim and Manish and as far as the territories of Zebulon. But most of the people just laughed at the runners and made fun of them. However, some people from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun humbled themselves and went to Jerusalem. At the same time, God's hand was on the people in the land of Judah, giving them all one heart to obey the orders of the king and his officials who were following the word of the Lord. So a huge crowd assembled at Jerusalem in mid-spring to celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. They set to work and removed the pagan altars from Jerusalem. They took away all the incense altars and threw them into the kindred valley. On the fourteenth day of the second month, one month later than usual, the people slaughtered the Passover lamb. They shamed the priests and Levites, so they purified themselves and brought burnt offerings to the temple of the Lord. Then they took their places at the temple as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. The Levites brought the sacrificial blood to the priests, who then sprinkled it on the altar. Since many people had not purified themselves, the Levites had to slaughter their Passover lamb for them to set them apart for the Lord. Most of those who came from Ephraim, Manesh, Ishakar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves. But King Hezekiah prayed for them, and they were allowed to eat the Passover meal anyway, even though he, this was contrary to the requirements of the law. For Hezekiah said, May the Lord, who is good, pardon those who decide to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors, even though they are not properly cleansed for their ceremony. And the Lord listened to Hezekiah's prayer and healed the people. So the people of Israel who were present in Jerusalem joyously celebrated the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. Each day the Levites and priests sang to the Lord accompanied by loud instruments. Hezekiah encouraged all the Levites <clears throat> regarding the skill they display as they serve the Lord. The celebration continued for seven days. Peace offerings were sacrificed, and the people gave thanks to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. The entire assembly then decided to continue the festival another seven days, so they celebrated joyfully for another week. King Hezekiah gave the people a thousand bulls and seven thousand sheep and goats for offering, and the officials donated a thousand bulls and ten thousand sheep and goats. Meanwhile, many more priests purified themselves. The entire assembly of Judah rejoiced, including the priests, the Levites, all who came from the land of Israel, the foreigners who came to the festival, and all those who lived in Judah. 
There was great joy in the city, for Jerusalem had not seen a celebration like this one since the days of Solomon, King David's son. Then the priests and Levites stood and blessed the people, and God heard their prayers from this holy dwelling in heaven. When the festival ended, why don't you go ahead and take it there. Okay, when the festival ended, the Israelites who attended went to all the towns of Judah, Benjamin, Ephraim, and Manesh, and they smashed all the sacred pillars, cut down the Asherah poles, and removed the pagan shrines and altars. After this, the Israelites returned to their own towns and homes. Hezekiah then organized the priests and Levites into divisions to offer the burnt offerings and peace offerings, and to worship and give thanks and praise to the Lord at the gates of the temple. The king also made a personal contribution of animals for the daily morning and evening burnt offerings. The weekly Sabbath festivals, the monthly new moon festivals, and the annual festivals are prescribed in the law of the Lord. In addition, he required the people in Jerusalem to bring a portion of their goods to the priests and Levites so they could devote themselves fully to the law of the Lord. When the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded generously by bringing the first share of their grain, new wine, olive oil, honey, and all the produce of their fields. They brought a large quantity, a tithe of all they produced. The people who had moved to Judah from Israel and the people of Judah themselves brought in the tithes of their cattle, sheep, and goats, and a tithe of the things that had been dedicated to the Lord their God, and they piled them up in great heaps. They began piling them up in the late spring, and the heaps continued to grow until early autumn. When Hezekiah and his officials came and saw these huge piles, they thanked the Lord and the people of Israel. Where did all this come from, Hezekiah asked the priests and Levites, and Azariah the high priest from the family of Zadok replied, Since the people began bringing their gifts to the Lord's temple, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare. The Lord has blessed his people, and all, and all this is left over. Woo-hoo. Hezekiah ordered the storerooms to be prepared in the temple of the Lord when this was done. The people faithfully brought all the tithes and gifts to the temple. Kuniah the Levite was put in charge, assisted by his brother Shemiel. The supervisors under them were Jehiel, Azaziah, Natha, and Ashiel, Jerimoth, Jozabad, Elil, Ishmachiah, Mathath, Mahath <laughs> and Ben Aniah. These appointments were made by King Hezekiah and Azariah, the chief official in the temple of God. Court son of Imna, the Levite who was gatekeeper at the east gate, was in charge of distributing the voluntary offerings given to God, the gifts and the things that had been dedicated to the Lord. His faithful assistants were Eden, Minimam, Aminiam, Jeshua, Shemaiah, Amariah, and Shekaniah. They distributed the gifts among the families of the priests in their own towns by their divisions. 
dividing the gifts fairly among old and young alike. They distributed the gifts to all males three years and older, regarding, regardless of their place in their genealogical records. The distribution went to all who would come to the Lord's temple to perform their daily duties according to their divisions. They distributed gifts to the priests who were listed by their families in the genealogical records and to the Levites, 20 years older, old or older, who were listed according to their jobs and their divisions. Food allotments were also given to the families of all those listed in the genealogical records, including their little babies, wives, sons, and daughters, for they had all been faithful in purifying themselves. Um, as for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who were living in the open villages around the towns, men were appointed by name to distribute portions to every male among the priests and to all the Levites listed in the genealogical records. In this way, King Hezekiah handled the distribution throughout all Judah, doing what was pleasing and good in the sight of the Lord, his God, in all that he did in the service of the temple of God and his efforts to follow God's laws and commands. Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. As a result, he was very successful. Amen. Woo-hoo, that's a good chapter. Um, you know, King Hezekiah really was dedicated to getting the temple um, purified again so people can come and bring their offerings. And he just really, he was for the cause. I like at the beginning where it says that they sent the letters out telling people to return to the Lord. Um, and if they return to the Lord, it says in the beginning, it says, For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful. Beautiful. If you return to him, he will not continue to turn his face from you. And it's interesting, right in here, it said that the runners went from town to town, but the people laughed at them. They laughed at them. And um, I, I feel kind of like sometimes that's in this, this time, that people just kind of like, you know, see that you're following the Lord, and it's like, you know, they're like, they look at us differently. Uh, man, it just boggles the imagination yeah. how many people would have went. It says that if everybody was invited, you know, it just boggles the imagination. Can Jerusalem hold that many people? Do they have mm -hmm. to camp outside? Do they bring their, they probably bring their camping tents because, um, you know, they, they travel from far off. Mm -hmm. They got to camp overnight, you know, their camels and so forth. So they're, they're equipped. Mm -hmm. Um. A lot of them didn't come, but I like the one where it says that they heap great amounts of uh, tithes and offerings, mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. uh, the people kept bringing them, mm -hmm. and that's overflow, overflow, Amen. like Amen. God showed me in a business once, Amen. that's the kind of overflow that, uh, you know, that he brings through, mm -hmm. uh, through his blessing, through uh, seeking him early, and then receiving efficiency in business and home all yeah. over the place you know it just it, that stood out for me too because it really kind of you know how we always hear about malachi 310 but here in chronicles um second chronicles um i don't know where we're at completely but um in in eight um if you start up at the at number five uh, probably 30 verse um 
19. Hmm. I'm a little lost here. But anyway, it says, When the people of Israel heard these requirements, they responded generously by bringing the first share of their grain, new wine, olive oil, honey, and all the produce of their fields. They brought a large quantity, a tithe of all they produced. And, um, and then it went on to say that the people who had moved to Judah from Israel and the people of Judah themselves brought in the tithes of their cattle, their sheep, and goats, a tithe of the things that they had been dedicated to the Lord their God. And they pulled them up in great heaps, and they began piling them up in the late spring, and heaps continued to grow until early autumn. And when Hezekiah and his officials came and saw these huge piles, they thanked the Lord and the people of Israel. And they said, Where did all this come from? Hezekiah asked the priests and the Levites. And Azariah, the high priest from the family of Zadok, replied, Since the people began bringing their gifts to the Lord's temple, we have had enough to eat and plenty to spare. Okay? Where have you heard that? Plenty to spare. That's just like when Jesus multiplied the fish and the loaves. There was 12 baskets left over. They had plenty to spare. The Lord had blessed his people and all this left over. Man, so it, it just shows that the body of Christ, you know, we got to we gotta bring our tithe to the Lord that belongs to him anyway. And that's our, our, our thank you or our love, showing our love for him that he supplies what we have. Everything we have, he's created, he's supplied. And it should be like a joy to give give back to the kingdom of God, to the body of Christ. And it multiplies. When people bring it into the kingdom, it multiplies into heaps. And this is this is a great... Uh, well, you know, amen. I, I just think it's a what? great... Um, a great... This is Jesus right here in the scripture, you know, where, you know, there's plenty to spare. In my father's house, what does it say? There's There's plenty... A bread, right? In the book, of, I think it's in the book of John. Amen, or, amen. Yeah, in my father's house. Um, Hezekiah, bread to eat. Hezekiah sought his God wholeheartedly. That's one of the requirements. Mm -hmm. As a result, everything else, people bringing in, people, yes, uh, mm -hmm. people uh, complying with the law. Uh, he, he was very successful. You know, as we reading this, you know. Uh, they brought all the tithes, so the so so it says that the Levites can uh, can uh, they can minister to the Lord full time. In other words, uh, yes. they uh, they had to they had to move out of Jerusalem because they had to work the land and take care of themselves because the people weren't bringing the the uh, the tithes. Mm -hmm. But when it was instituted back again, uh -huh. he said, so you know, uh, full time. It was is uh, you know it's a lot of work too, and they had to take shifts. Mm. I mean you know sacrificing in the morning, sacrificing in the evening, cleaning up, mm -hmm. you know barbecuing the meat, distributing to the people, mm -hmm. praying for the people. That's a lot of work, and they had shifts for the people so yeah. they wouldn't get burned out. Uh, it was very well organized, but we are in uh, we are the we are in Jesus. As Jesus is, so we are. Amen. So we're the Levites today. We're the high priests. We're that, you know. So, um, you know, when people want to give us something out of their whole heart, even though they're poor, we should take it. Even though they're rich, we should take it. Because, uh, you know, it's being dedicated to the Lord. People Amen. want to, want to like, they, Randy and his 
wife gave us some furniture. And, you know, well, we had a little bit of room, so we took it. Yeah. You know, and, and someday we're going to bless somebody that's in the ministry, right. too. We're going right. to give them the, pass the furniture on. Yeah, and they, they're a couple just wants to bless us. I just feel like they're just so kind. I mean, I almost feel like... Okay. Eh. But one thing I wanted to point out in the very early of chapter 30, verse number... Um, I guess 17, 18, maybe an 18. I can't see this. Okay. Okay, 18, 19, I think it's 19. For Hezekiah said, May the Lord who's good pardon those who decide to follow the Lord, the God of their ancestors, even though they are not properly cleansed for the ceremony. And the answer here in number 20 says, And the Lord listened to Hezekiah's prayer and healed the people. Okay. Mm, well, the interesting it says healed huh? yeah I wonder what that is in the but he was he was quite a leader in it uh, and he encouraged the Levites and um, it just says peace offering he was almost like a prophet you yeah. know usually uh, Isaiah would do something like that mm -hmm. you know pray for the people but this is the king King was very close mm -hmm. to He's God. He's very right involved here. in the day to day. It seems like yeah, you know, in the blessings of God. You mm -hmm. know, he didn't need a he didn't need a prophet to come and tell him things. Mm -hmm. He he himself was inspired by the Lord. It's very admirable. Yeah. So it, it's I think out of all the kings, I don't know if he's one of the good ones. You know, because I know I think later on something happens, but uh, yeah. at the end of his reign or whatever, when God gave him fifteen more years, he still. I don't know. I, you have to get there, but anyway, he he did remind. I remember when uh, Isaiah told me you have 15 more years. He turned around and reminded all of the Lord of all these things that he did. Is he the same one? Huh? Yeah, there was only one King Hezekiah, I think. You know, I was when I always read and I'm in here reading his Azariah and all these Arias. I always think of Mariah. I wonder what her name means. You know, because. Mountain of the Lord. Yeah, it's uh, I A I A R I A H Mariah. Anyway, that's cool. Okay, well let's move on to chapter. Well, hang on, hang on. Okay. Today's study, Second okay. Chronicles thirty eighteen to twenty says, most of those who came from Ephraim, Manasseh, Ishakar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves. Okay, you went over that already. Passover was the most important festival of the year for the Jews, Jewish people. It required great preparation and holiness. People had to travel to Jerusalem, and the priests had to be purified. But this hadn't happened on time. However, God's law had a provision that, under certain circumstances, the Passover could be celebrated one month later. Even then, though many of the people weren't ready, it seems that they would be left out altogether. But King Hezekiah prayed for them, and they were allowed to eat the Passover meal anyway. Even though this was contrary to the requirements of the law, the people were not pure, but the Lord listened and healed their, the people. Why did God show us so much grace this time? The people weren't fulfilling the letter of the law, but they had fulfilled the spirit of it. Mm, beautiful. They wanted to follow the Lord. This was the purpose of the law. God showed us the same grace today. We often fail to prepare our hearts mm -hmm. or confess our sins and be cleansed, but God wants us first 
to follow him when our hearts are right God will listen and heal us okay the healing is on you know to heal our sins amen and I think that's a good display of Jesus as a symbol here where it says may the good Lord who's good pardon those who decide to follow the Lord even though they're not properly even if, they, even if they believe in my name, they will be saved. Amen, amen. So we don't have to meet a requirement or a law. We just have to come to the Lord and, and ask Seek Him to rescue Seek with us. all our heart and mind. Amen. Okay, Romans okay. 15, 1 to 22. We, Paul, and other Christians who are strong must be considered of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scripture says, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us that the scriptures gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promise to be fulfilled. May God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in a complete harmony with each other as if fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promise he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. This is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in another place it is written, Rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. In another place, Isaiah said, The heir to David's throne will come, and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of all hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope, through the power of the Holy Spirit. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness. You know these things so well, you can teach each other all about them. Even so, I have been bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. For by God's grace, I am special messenger from Christ Jesus to the Gentiles. I bring you the good news so that I may present you as an acceptable offering to God. Made holy by the Holy Spirit, so I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ has done through me in my service to God. Yet I do not boast, I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I work among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to the Illyricum, 
My ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than a church has already started by someone else. I have been following the plan spoken in the scripture where it says, Those who have never been told about him will see, and those who have never heard of him will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed to so long because I have been preaching in these places. Amen. Would you read the uh, study, please? Okay, it says Romans 15 to 20. Paul says that he has ambition. Paul was certainly a driven and passionate person, strong-minded and well-educated. Paul probably could have been very successful in just about anything. Ambition can be a difficult topic for Christians because we see so many bad examples of ambitions, people who climb their way to the top. This is the sort of ambition that hoards success and its privileges. Paul calls this selfish ambition and says it is a result of the sinful nature in Galatians 5, 19-20. Certainly this isn't the kind of ambition Paul has in mind here. Instead of looking to get more for himself and working hard for personal advancement, he was ambitious to serve God. For Paul, godly ambition meant preaching the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard. Success and privilege are temptations for ambitious people. Sometimes we wonder if we can't honor God and enjoy the privileges of power at the same time. Jesus gave up his divine privileges to become a servant in Philippians 2.7. John the Baptist honored Jesus at the expense of his own reputation, John 3.30. If you're ambitious, consider which investment will last longer. Which one do you want to be part of? Amen. Amen. Read the rest, please. Huh? Okay, Psalm. Well, one, one point I wanted to point out is that um, towards the end, uh, in number 19, it says, They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. It says, yet I, Yeah, in, in 18, Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of miraculous signs and wonders and by the power of God's Spirit. Amen. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know, yeah. the power of God. Mm. And I was thinking about that, how it melts and convinces people, you know, that, that uh, God is real, God is here, and, and it's easy to, you know, when Amen. you do that, you mm. heal people. Amen. It said, in this way I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem mm. all the way to Elikram. That's a wonderful scripture, okay, because it convinces people God's when you, with this power of the signs and the wonders is God's, the power of God's, he's a, a God, right now God that performs miraculous things and that, that helps to bring people into the kingdom, but it, he, you know that he said, I fully presented the good mm. news of Christ from Jerusalem. I'm not just talking about it. I'm demonstrating the power of God inside of me, and that's awesome. And notice he gave the Holy Spirit the credit. They yeah. were convinced by the power of oh, God's, God's spirit. spirit. Yes, yes, Amen, Amen. Good. Wonders, miraculous signs and wonders. Lord, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that's left for us today. We thank you for the wonderful water. 
and the, and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that convicts people, Lord, and heals them. Heals them from their sins, Lord. Heals them from their guilt. Sets them free, Lord. And we thank you that we are administrators and distributors of your Word. Mm. And Lord, you have put us in employment, Lord. And we praise you, Lord God, that we do your job and do it well in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, um, Amen. this is a good example. Yesterday when you left for the juvenile thing, you left me sitting here and I was watching um, Salsa, TVN Salsa, and I noticed uh, David Diga Hernandez was on there. He's, I don't know, very young pastor. Um, and he was in the Philippines. And um, they were doing kind of like... Uh, what Cash Luna does, you know, they pray on the stage. And this one mother had brought up her son who had who had tongue cancer and he couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, there was one, one person that came up before him and he had like a, he couldn't hear properly in one of his ears, his right ear. And they got a word of knowledge and the guy came up and he prayed for him and he just said, be open, you know, in Jesus' name. And his ear was open. And then they, the mother came up and she brought her son and she said he had been diagnosed with throat cancer and he couldn't speak and there was tumors and she, you know, she brought him up there and was telling about it, the situation. And he, boy, the prayer was amazing to, to hear the power of God come in and heal this man with the tongue cancer. You know, at the end he was able to speak. Wow. Yeah, I was going to try to find it on YouTube for you, but it's just... Uh, you know, he just said, I rebuke you, cancer. you got to die now in the name of the Lord. I don't know how many times he used the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, three times maybe in the prayer. Um, and mm. it was just, you know, to see, you know, I hadn't seen that side of David Diga Hernandez. You know, mm. he does have that anointing to heal the sick. The authority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was, I wanted you to see it. And I'll find it on YouTube probably. <sighs> okay, let's go on to sound, uh, chapter 25, verse 1 to 15. Oh, Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. Do not let me be disgraced or let my enemies rejoice in my defeat. No one who trusts in you will ever be disgraced. But disgrace comes to those who try to deceive others. Show me the right path, O Lord. Point Point out the road for me to follow. Lead me by your truth and teach me. For you are the God who saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. Remember, O God, your compassion and unfailing love, which you have shown from long ages past. Do not remember the rebellious sins of my youth. Remember me in the light of your unfailing love. For you are merciful, O Lord. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing Jessica, Lord. He humbles. He leads the humble in doing right, teaching them his way. The Lord leads with unfailing love and faithfulness. All who keep his covenant and obey his demands. For the honor of your name, O Lord. Forgive my many sins, my many, many sins. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. They will live in prosperity 
and their children will inherit the land. Amen. The Lord is a friend to those who fear him. He teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Amen. Proverbs 20, verse 13 to 15 says, If you love sleep, you will end in poverty. Keep your eyes open, and there will be plenty to eat. The buyer haggles over the price, saying it's worthless, then brags about getting a bargain. Wise words are more valuable than much gold and rubies. Amen. Wisdom is more valuable than gold and rubies. Wow. This is, I'm going to read uh, the Psalm number 12 again. Who are those who fear the Lord? First of all, in them it says, For the honor of your name, O Lord, forgive my many, many sins. Who are those who fear the Lord? He will show them the path they should choose. Lord, show Jessica the path she should choose, Lord. They will live in prosperity, and their children will inherit the land. Amen. Amen. And the Lord is a friend to those who fear him, and he teaches them his covenant. My eyes are always on the Lord, for he rescues me from the traps of my enemies. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Woo! Welcome to today's reading of August the 3rd, 2 Chronicles 33, verse 14 to 3433. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. You said you have lifted your word above your name. Lord, that your, your presence is in your word, Lord. We just speak that you come forward out of your word as we read it and meditate on it, contemplate on it, Lord God. And enjoy your word, Lord. Lord, do not forsake the works of your hands, Lord. We are your righteousness. By your stripes we were healed, Lord. By your bruises our shame was taken away. Our iniquities were done away with, Lord. We surrender ourselves to you, Lord God, into your hands, Lord God, into your righteousness, into your victorious right hand, Lord God. We thank you for this reading. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Amen. After this, Manasseh rebuilt the outer wall of the city of David. From west of the Gihon Spring in the Kindred Valley to the Fish Gate and continue around the hill of Ophel. He built the wall very high and he stationed his military officers in all of the fortified towns of Judah. Manasseh also removed the foreign gods and the idols from the Lord's temple. He tore down all the altars he had built on the hills where the temple stood and all the altars that were in Jerusalem and he dumped them outside the city. Then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed peace offering and thanksgiving offerings on it. He also encouraged the people of Judah to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed at the pagan shrines though only to the Lord their God. The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign, he, his prayer to God and the words the seers spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, are recorded in the book of kings of Israel. Manasseh's prayers, the account of the way God answered him and an account of all his sins and unfaithfulness are recorded in the records of the seers. 
It includes a list of the locations where he built pagan shrines and set up astral poles and idols before he humbled himself and repented. When Manasseh died, he was buried in his palace. Then his son, Ammon, became the next king. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father Manasseh had done. He worshipped and sacrificed to all the idols his father had made. But unlike his father, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Instead, Ammon sinned even more. Then Ammon's own officials conspired against him and assassinated him in his palace. But the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against King Ammon, and they made his son Josiah the next king. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. During the eight-year reign of his reign, while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor David. Then in the twelfth year of he began to purify Judah and Jerusalem, destroying all the pagan shrines, the Asherah poles, and all the carved idols and cast images. He ordered that the altars of Baal be demolished and that the incense altars which stood above them be broken down. He also made sure that the Asherah poles, the carved idols, and the cast images were smashed and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the pagan priests on their own altars, and so he purified Judah and Jerusalem. He did the same thing in the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, even as far as Nephtali and in the regions all around them. He destroyed the pagan altars and the Asherah poles, and he crushed the idols into dust. He cut down all the incense altars throughout the land of Israel. Finally, he returned to Jerusalem. In the 18th year of his reign, after he had purified the land of the temple, Josiah appointed Shaphan, son of Asaliah, Maseiah, the governor of Jerusalem, and Joah, son of Johas, the royal historian, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. They gave Hilkiah, the high priest, the money that had been collected by the Levites, who served as gatekeepers in the temple of God. The gifts were brought by people from Manasseh, Ephraim, and from all the remnant of Israel, as well as from all Judah, Benjamin, and the people of Jerusalem. He entrusted the money to the men assigned to supervise the restoration of the Lord's temple. Then they paid the workers who did the repairs and renovations of the temple. They hired carpenters and builders who purchased finished stone for the walls and timbers for the rafters and beams. They restored what earlier king of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. <clears throat> the workers served faithfully under the leadership of Jahath and Ob Obadiah, Levites of the Meredith clan and Zechariah and Meshulam, Levites of the Koholite clan and other Levites, all whom were skilled musicians were put in charge of the laborers of the various trades. Still others assisted as secretaries, officials, and gatekeepers. While they were bringing out the money collected 
at the temp Lord's temple, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord that was written by Moses. Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan. Shaphan took the scroll to the king and reported, Your officials are doing everything they were assigned to do. The money was collected at the temple of the Lord has been turned over to the supervisors and workmen. Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. So Shaphan read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the law, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave his orders to Hilkiah Ahikam, son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the court secretary, and Asaiah, the king's personal advisor, go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for all the remnant of Israel and Judah. Inquire about the words written in the scroll that has been found. For the Lord's anger, great, has been poured out on us because our ancestors have not obeyed the word of the Lord. We have not been doing everything the scroll says we must do. So Hilkiah and the other men went to the new quarter of Jerusalem to consult with the prophet Huldah. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, son of Harhas, the keepers of the temple wardrobe. She said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this city and its people. All the curses written in the scroll that was read to the king of Judah will come true. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods. I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will be poured out on this place and it will not be quenched. But go to the king of Judah who sent you to seek the Lord and tell him. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel says concerning the message you have heard. You were sorry and humble yourself before God when you heard his words against his city and his people. You humble yourself and tore your clothes in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you have died and been buried in peace. You yourself will not see the disaster I'm going to bring on the city and its people. So they took her message back to the king. Then the king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the Levites, all the people from the greatest to the least. There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority besides the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He placed to obey the Lord by keeping all his commands, laws, and decrees with all his heart and soul. He promised to obey all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll, and he required everyone in Jerusalem and the people of Benjamin to make a similar pledge. The people of Jerusalem did so, renewing their covenant with God, the God of their ancestors. So Josiah removed all the detestable idols from the entire land of Israel and required everyone to worship the Lord their God. And throughout the rest of his lifetime, they did not turn away from the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Woohoo!
Amen. Today's study, the book of the law of the Lord that Hilkiah found was probably the book of Deuteronomy that had been lost during the reign of the evil kings. Without it, the people had been worshiping God, but not in the right way. Second Chronicles 33, 17. God had told them to make their sacrifice only in certain places. Deuteronomy 12, 13, and 14. The people continued to use pagan shrines for worshiping God, not realizing that God opposed these methods of worship. They were mixing pagan practices into their worship of God. Now that's God's law was found. Josiah realized that drastic changes had to be made in order to bring the nation back in line with God's commands. There is not much difference between the book lost in the temple and the Bible left on a bookshelf. We can make similar mistakes when we don't have input from God. We can end up blending false beliefs in with right worship. We must take care that that ungodly influences do not distort God's voice or destroy our worship. We can do this by listening to God in his word and to the church that is instructed by it. Amen. Well, the word of the Lord, the skillful men, they got together and started rebuilding the word of God. And the commands that God has given us is like the Lord commands us to read the word of God daily basis, to worship him and to praise him and to uh, meditate on his word day and night, to think about his scriptures, to have the word. first thing we wake up, last thing we go to sleep with is the word of God of scripture. In this way, we shall build, build ourselves up in the most holy state and be able to put aside the wiles of the devil. Amen. That's what I got out of the reading, that, that to be skillful in the word of God and a commandment for me to pick up the book like we're doing so now and studying it. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to And now we're going to move over to the New Testament in the book of Romans, chapter 16, verses 10 to 27. In this one, Paul cared deeply for the believers in Rome. He speaks to Phoebe, our sister, and of Rufus, mother who has been a mother to me. Others he refers to as dear friends. Paul's words exhibited the same sort of Christian love he encouraged the believers to have. But Paul also warns to them to watch out for the people who cause divisions and upset people's fate and to stay away from them. The believers in Rome were facing the same tensions that we were deal with today. We must consistently build up the Christian community with love while also protecting the Christian community peers' fate. We are constantly struggling to maintain both unity and truth. Often these two things seem to work against each other, with some people advocating for one side or the other. This is a worthwhile struggle. We should consistently look to balance these two things because we're both are, they both are important. If you tend to stand for truth more than unity, look for ways to build up unity. Or if you're in a community that's driven more by unity than truth, how can you help to promote truth and important for everyone's benefit amen there's a lot of people that cause divisions because they're they're not full christians 
And uh, they bring a lot of letter of the law into the group. And the unity is, is the love of Christ flowing freely and everybody laughing and enjoying fellowship after you've done worship and read the Word of God. Amen. Romans 16, verse 10 to 27. Greet Apelles, a good man from Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers, says Paul, from the household of Aristobulus, great Herodoin, my fellow Jew, greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus, give my greeting to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to the dear, to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greeting to Asyncritus, Phelagon, Hermes, Potrabas, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philologos, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and to the Olympus, and all the other believers who meet with them. Greet each other in the Christian love. All the churches of Christ send you their greetings. And now, I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Christ, our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings. So does Lucius, Jason, Sosi, Potter, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, the one writing this letter for Paul, send my greetings too as one of the Lord's followers. Gaius say hello, says hello to you. He is my host, also serves as host of the whole church. Eratus the city treasurer sends you his greeting, and so does our brother Quartus. Now all glory to God, who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says. This message about Jesus Christ has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now, as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the Lord wise through Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. Praying for the Psalms. Open your heart to God's scrutiny. Stand on his grace. Psalms 26, 1 through 12. Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart, for I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. 
I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murders. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I live with integrity, so redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground, and I will publicly praise the Lord. Amen. And the prayer was, we open our hearts to God's scrutiny. We stand on His grace. We see ourselves for where we're at, Lord God, in the heavens. Proverbs 20:19. a gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. <laughs> Amen. The word of the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for coming in today's reading. Appreciate your listening ears. May the Lord sanctify you wholly through these words and prosper you, restore you, and make you happy and strong today. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in the peace of the Lord.